everybody. Welcome to the Reflections of the Savior podcast. This is Josh Hill, and I'm here with Chris Mock, John Wiggins, and Alex Cowan. And today we are talking about sanctification and perseverance, uh, two really important concepts in the life of a believer. So I'll kick it over to John, and we'll get started. Before we, before we jump right in, uh, I think Alex should share with us how Lady stayed up last night uh, to watch the election. <laughs> I, I went to bed at 3.30 because I just couldn't take any more of it. And he's fresh and ready I'm to go. Fresh today. as a daisy. <laughs> you can see it in the whites of his eyes. <laughs> I'm holding on to dear life right now. Oh, so, anyways, uh, sanctification and perseverance. Uh, we'll read a verse in chapter six of Romans, uh, verse eleven. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. So uh, Romans 6, obviously talking about this transformation that's happened in our lives. We've been declared righteous by God. We've been justified. And so uh, after the moment of justification, uh, we live our lives, the rest of our life, uh, in a process of growing to be more like Jesus. And one day uh, that will end uh, when uh, we are uh, with the Lord, uh, either through the second coming or through our passing away and exiting uh, our, our physical body to be with him in glory. So <clears throat> that's what we're talking about, sanctification as well as perseverance, endurance. Uh, think about perseverance, we're talking about uh, the reality that all whom God has called to himself and who have truly been justified uh, will 100% uh, one day be glorified. Uh, he, he, God is not going to start something in terms of salvation that he's not going to finish. And so we can be assured of that. Uh, so how is sanctification different from justification? I, I think I answered a little bit of that first question. Sanctification, the process, justification, a one-time moment where we're declared righteous. It's the justification first and sanctification is the latter. Uh, one is a moment, I think, and one is a process uh, the third, the next question though is, what is the primary obstacle? <laughs> I was, I was looking at another question, but that was not a good one. Number four, what is the primary obstacle to sanctification in a person's life? Any thoughts about that? Cliche uh, answer themselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, just kind of getting in your own way, either trying to do things under your own strength or your own power, or, um, not realizing the importance of what we'll talk about maybe here in a minute, and that is your active role in your own sanctification. That uh, as Christians who are pursuing Christ-likeness, we don't sit on the sidelines and just hope one day we end up more like Jesus. Uh, we have to take an active role in doing the things which promote godliness in our lives. Sure. it's good. It's a good thought. Any other additional thoughts there? I th when I think of obstacles, I think of Satan. I think of the world. Mm -hmm. I think of uh, our flesh. I think of uh, anything that's keeping us from uh, uh, from growing in, in our relationship with Christ. Um, I, th I, 
I think about anything that's stopping us from putting uh, God first in a category in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I heard somebody just the other day say, you know, the first time, the, the first thing you should do when you fail, you know, and and this is he's talking about something unrelated spiritual, but he said is to look at yourself first, and I think that's a good thing for for us to do as Christians. We don't we look at the we we look at our our flesh, you know, our flesh. Uh, God help me have strength to to not fall into sin again in terms of our flesh. But obviously Satan and, and the world we live in that's broken are impacting us as well. There are obstacles in a sense. But what were you going to say? That's what they said on Fox News last night when Trump lost Arizona. <laughs> Is that what he said? Every good leader looks at himself first and doesn't blame others. Is that right? That's right. Oh, look at there. That's what I thought you were maybe watching Fox <laughs> no, News when they called I Arizona. No, I don't think that was it. <laughs> no, but, John, John was but, asleep uh, when that John was asleep. John <laughs> was probably way asleep. Uh, sleeping well. Uh, what about uh, when... <clears throat> Uh, the Bible speaks of uh, God equipping us, his people, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, obviously, that's a part of sanctification. What are some ways that you have grown in, in holiness, uh, godliness, that are only uh, explainable because of the Holy Spirit's power in, in your life? Can you think of some things? Maybe test, That's just a brief word of testimony, I think. Yeah, for, for me, um, one big thing that I've struggled with uh, when I was a new Christian, um, obviously prior to becoming a Christian, was anger, uh, having a bad temper, and uh, you know, ne- never harming any person or anything like that. I don't want anybody to think that, but you know, I would, I would be that hot-tempered kid that punch a wall or you know, just just be very, very quick-tempered. And uh, I just remember one day being in a situation where, after becoming a Christian, I would have thought I would have responded hot temper, really angry. And then just after the situation finished, I was like, I didn't, there's no holes in the wall. Like (laughs) uh, what's the difference here? And just recognizing that the Holy Spirit really had done something in me that I couldn't do on my own, Um, really changed, not just my desires, but honestly, the way that I responded to situations just through exposure to the word of God and being around a faithful community of believers, I had developed more Christ-like characteristics in that way. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, I think we would all say that the fruits of the Spirit are, are mm-hmm. going to be what we're going to look at and say, man, look, when when I became more Christ-like, I was, I was producing one of those fruits, right? Uh, self-control, maybe that one that you're kind of alluding to. But, Patience, peace, uh, joy. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that are <laughs> related to yeah. uh, anger and so forth. I, and, I was listing mine personally, so that's there. Patience, yeah. peace, and <laughs> okay, joy. Okay, there that's, we go. <laughs> I had very little of that prior to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, definitely, definitely. That's a good word of testimony. Uh, as far as... Our sanctification in terms of striving, we, you know, we're, we are told in Scripture to, to, uh, to, we're commanded to, to be filled with the Spirit. You know, we're commanded to flee from sexual morality. Like, like, like New Testament is pretty clear that this is, we have a responsibility to uh, be a part, or, you know, to, to grow in holiness, you know, to, uh, to rid ourselves of sin. Uh, um, and, and so one question here, isn't striving to be holy or legalistic? 
Obviously, we don't think so. I mean, we wouldn't just say that the desire that's within our hearts to not be like we were and to be like Christ, that's not, that's not legalism. That's um, sanctification. That's God working in us and changing us inwardly and it, it moving outward in the things we do and say. But how can ignoring, <clears throat> uh, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Shouldn't we just, uh, the, the, the question is this, shouldn't we just let go and let God? It, it, should, should we, uh, how does that, how do you think about that in terms of uh, growing in holiness? Shouldn't we just let go and let God? Are, are you not legalistic if you do any more than that? Um, any thoughts? Pursuing holiness is a good thing. You just need to watch that you don't do it in the wrong way mm-hmm. and you don't um, have the wrong priorities in uh, pursuing holiness just so you don't try and make sure you're holier than other people mm-hmm. and, and look down on other people so you can say, at least I'm not like them. And when I think about legalism, legalism in my mind is always framed in reference to other people. Yep. It's never framed in reference of the relationship between mm-hmm. myself and Christ, mm-hmm. you know, the pursuit of holiness is exactly like you said, John. Yep. It's pursuing holiness to be more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when we get into legalism, it's pursuing what we think of holiness for the sake of looking better than everybody else yep. or seeming to be more Christian than everybody else. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Pursuing holiness biblically is I am comparing myself to Jesus pursuing holiness unbiblically and legalistically as I'm comparing myself to other people. Mm-hmm. So that I look better to Jesus than those other people do. Right. Yeah, that's a good word. That's yep. a good word. Uh, that's, that's very good. Uh, can the process of sanctification end in a Christian's life? Uh, I'll wrestle with that one just quickly, but I, obviously I, I think the process of sanctification continues till we either die or Jesus comes back for us. And so I think... Uh, no, uh, we, will, we will grow in holiness. We will be, uh, sancti- be, be in the process of being sanctified until uh, we're glorified. And I think it's consistent with what Romans 8 tells us that, that uh, God's going to begin this work of salvation uh, and he's going to complete it. Uh, and that ultimate complete means glorification, you know, mm-hmm. so... Uh, that's my short answer to that question. So what would what would one of the, like for instance, like a, a Wesleyan thought be on that total sanctification picture? Because that is a fairly mainstream idea in some branches of Protestantism. Obviously, we would disagree with it, but what mm-hmm. would like some main disagreements be to that? Because yeah, I, I think that might be something our people would find interesting. Right. So like sinless perfection would be the doctrine that we can be perfected in this life you know we'll come to a place of of not sinning anymore uh and typically that'll be attributed to an older saint you know uh uh who um is real nice and sweet and and reads and prays you know and and that type thing but but uh um you know but obviously we 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 would say that 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 uh person still is going to struggle you know that person still has a a sinful nature that has to be killed uh, has um, uh, a battle to fight until the very end uh, in death. You, you were going to say something? I, I, I just, I'm fairly certain I've, I've read this in study, but uh, that Wesley himself, like he said, it's possible. And theologically, he believed that it was something that could happen, 
but he never thought it was possible even for himself. Right, yeah. He, I, I think I remember reading something along the lines of like, he was one of the ones who taught the doctrine, essentially, of, of sinless perfection, but also said, well, I've never met a perfect person. And you'd think, like, yeah. if, if it was real, you would meet somebody, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. How, how does the Holy Spirit guarantee our salvation? Um, how does the Holy Spirit guarantee our salvation? Um, and how can Christians be sure that they have that guarantee? Yeah, so um, in Scripture we have the, the picture of the Holy Spirit being our seal of our inheritance. And mm-hmm. when you think of in context what that means is just like a king. When he sends out a decree, he puts his official seal on it. And so it's certified that that seal is not broken until, you know, this person reads it um, to whoever the message is supposed to be sent to. And so it's an official message from the king because it carries a seal. And so we are officially the kings because we carry the seal of the Holy Spirit. When the king sealed that with his seal took authority over all the other lords and all, all the other people in the land. Yeah. He carried the most authority. And what God is saying to us is, I'm sealing that with myself. Mm-hmm. Like no one has the power or the authority to unseal that, to take that away. Mm-hmm. And the evidence of that seal is something that can be seen. And that's something that I think is also mm-hmm. echoed in the life of a believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, our, our, our salvation is guaranteed only because it doesn't... Uh, include any of our effort in it you know and need it and need any effort with it and uh what we said last week the finished work of christ right right it's uh everything that was done to save us has been done by christ and and so uh uh it's as guaranteed as christ saying those words yeah Yeah. Uh, i don't know if miles listens to our podcast but he'd be so proud Miles. (laughs) uh he gets references a good bit around here but uh (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, how, and Christians can be sure, uh, assured of that because, uh, because they don't, uh, their merit's not needed for salvation. Um, how is it possible for a person to give external signs of conversion and later fall away from Christ, the Christian faith? I mean, we've seen this in, in our own lives, right? We have people that probably come to mind when we think about someone who is, not in right relationship with God, you know, uh, maybe uh, that um, did at one point seem to exhibit some of the, uh, some of what we would say would be indicators that they were born again. So maybe. It's, it's difficult because it's kind of like what we talked about last week and what we've talked about on the podcast before. Everyone is, is sinful, but not everyone is as sinful as they possibly can be. That means that there are people in this world that have love, are joyful, peaceful, patient, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control, right? So the fruit of the Spirit also can look like just good things that we're blessed with on this earth due to the grace that we have been given. Um, So you can meet somebody that seems to be very loving, very kind, very patient, who has no relationship with the Lord. So it can be kind of a, a difficult thing when you're seeing the fruit of the Spirit or what could what what looks like the fruit of the spirit in a person's life? Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of weird looks. Yeah. So you no, guys want to follow up? On that? <laughs> no, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you 100. It, it's a it's a difficult one to articulate. I think that when you know uh, I've I've experienced people that I that I felt, man, this person loves the Lord. Um, I, I see different 
you know, they, they prayed the prayer. They came down front. They got baptized, you know, and, and yet uh, uh, they now claim to be an atheist. You know, they don't believe, they say they don't believe in God, um, which, um, you know, is somewhat debatable anyways. I know some that would say it's impossible not to, and there is an agnostic, there's not an atheist. But any, anyways, the point is an unbeliever. And, and, and so I, I, it's, it's tough, you know, like I think, Scripture's pretty clear. The parable of the sowers, when they talk about the souls of the heart, it says some, some will spring up, but uh, it, that, that experience uh, was, not, it was not saving. It was not salvific because it, it, uh, that plant was choked out and uh, those thorns, the worries of this life and, and all those things kind of crept in and, and, and showed what was true, and that is that that was not a genuine salvation that, that occurred. And so it's difficult, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, and, and I think there, that we ought to extend grace uh, to folks and, uh, and you know, who, who are kind of in a place of, of struggling there. Uh, but I also think that uh, we we should uh, encourage folks to, to consider their salvation. You know, I think we have a responsibility to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. You know, I think we have a need to, to evaluate our own hearts and our own lives and, uh, um, and to help and encourage others along the way um, in that. It's difficult falling away. That idea, uh, we would, I think we would all agree that people who have fallen away were never really um, generally born again uh, to begin with. And so, uh, so the experience gave way to, what, to um, what's true, and that is that they were never born again. Mm-hmm. Um, so can a person with a deep ongoing struggle with sin be assured that he or she is a Christian? Why or why not? I think that that question for me is kind of like coming from the opposite side of where you may normally approach that. And that is someone who is maybe like struggling with their salvation. You can point to as an ongoing sin and say, hey, that may be why you're struggling. Not necessarily, hey, I believe that I am a you know full on devoted believer in Christ but I'm just going to hang on to this ongoing sin. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. yeah. um, typically it's, the struggle is the other side. So I would say um, a believer can struggle with an ongoing sin, but it better be a struggle and it better be a fight because otherwise the Holy Spirit, is he there? That, that's right. And it's exactly the, the difference between these two questions. There's the person who <clears throat> is maybe showing external signs of conversion then falls away. What is not there in their lives is remorse, guilt, or conviction in their lives they can just mm-hmm. walk away mm-hmm. but what does the shepherd do to the sheep who runs away breaks its legs <laughs> brings it back into the, mm-hmm. the herd if sheep have herds i don't know what they're called but flocks right um if sheep have herds <laughs> so <laughs> right but you know the difference there is like what chris was saying is is that conviction yeah. the remorse um the guilt of their sin and the very dangerous place to be is professing you're a christian but then having no guilt, remorse, or conviction for, mm-hmm. for continued ongoing sin. Yeah, it, it's, it's that difficulty of the hardening of the heart. If you have that consistent, ongoing thing that you become desensitized to the fact that it is hardening you and that it is shaping your outlook on the world um, to the extent that it is 
changing your heart from the inside. Yeah, I think the counsel would be to that person who's in a continual struggle is, is uh, uh, you know, confess, confess, repent, mm-hmm. like uh, repent. This is the this is uh, you're you're struggling because you're because you know, hopefully because the Holy Spirit is in you, you know, and and that's what that's what uh, um, and the Holy Spirit showing hope for overcoming that sin, you know, and and uh, um, and so. Uh, um, and the truth of the matter is, you, you, it's hard to have assurance of your salvation if you're constantly struggling with a continual sin. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, um, it, it's it, because sin is going to bring about that doubt. It's, it's going mm-hmm. to, when you feel defeated by that sin and it's ongoing over and over again. You know, First John is the passage I think about when I think about this kind of conversation because First John has a lot to say about assurance of salvation. And so I would encourage somebody, hey, let's walk through First John together. Let's read mm-hmm. Scripture together. And, Absolutely. And, uh, and, and anchoring yourself in the truth that your salvation is not, your salvation does not rest in your works mm-hmm. um, can help you in your struggle with that sin. Because so often you get so bogged down in analysis paralysis of well, am I, I'm struggling with this. I've been struggling with it. Mm-hmm. Am I a believer? Should I even bother struggling with it anymore? You know, is it is it over with? Um, when you are anchored in the truth that the finished work of Christ is really it, it can empower you in that struggle. Mm-hmm. If it's true that only those who persevere to the end are true Christians, how can one know until the end if he or she is a genuine Christian? Uh, I love R.C. Sproul's answer to this. All right, go ahead. Did I say it last week? I might have said it last week. I don't know. We might have talked about it. So R.C. Sproul talks about how, because um, he was asked this question one time at this panel of a bunch of really great teachers, and um, he said, somebody asked me one time, um, how how do I know that I'm a believer? How do I know that I know that I know, as the mm-hmm. popular thought goes? And he said, well, examine your heart. First things first, ask, you this, ask yourself this question. Do you love the Lord as much as you should? Um, and obviously the answer to that, well, no. No, we don't love the Lord as much as we should. We're imperfect people. And then he said, well, ask yourself this question. Do you love the Lord as much as you're able to love him? And he said, this person said, well, no. Um, And then he also said, he said, well, then you have to ask yourself this question. Do you love the Lord at all? And he said, yes, I do. And I know that I do. I know I love the Lord. I'm struggling with these things, but I know I love the Lord. And Sproul said, well, if you have any shred in you that loves the Lord and is passionate about the Lord, you must be saved because we know that love originates from the Lord. And a love for the Lord originates from the Lord and from the regenerate heart to the heart that has been changed. So if you have any love for the Lord at all, that's how you know. Mm-hmm. I thought mm. that was really good. Yeah, that's, that's a good word. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I think, yeah, First John tells us we can be assured of our salvation, that uh, that's po- that, that we ought to live with a certainty about uh, and, and a surety. I guess maybe uh, about our relationship with God, you know, uh, and and so um, if you don't have that, I think the best thing to do would be to go to Scripture and mm-hmm. and to pray, confess, repent, you know, and ask God to give you that assurance 
restore that fresh and anew in your life, you know. So, Paul says in Philippians, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the <clears throat> person who's maybe struggling with that question who says, if we only know when we see people persevere, how can we know? I think that that's like a hindsight question. Hindsight's always mm-hmm. twenty twenty. You're always going to know everything mm-hmm. for sure at the end, but there's plenty of things you can know very well without the benefit of hindsight. So. Yeah, maybe the good or bad of doubting your salvation. Uh, what what what's the uh, uh, what should you do if you're doubting your salvation? Well, I just told you that. Go to scripture. Repent. Uh, uh, what are what? But what dangers are there if a person continually doubts their salvation? Well, I, I, I've known people who who are constantly looking to their works for their salvation, and, and as long as you your focus is on your works or your lack thereof, then then you're always going to fail, and you're going to live defeated and and doubt, and and those things are going to rule uh, over you. Uh, but uh, man. Rest in the finished work of Christ. That's what, that's what I would counsel someone. Man, listen, you can't do it. You can't save yourself. Uh, uh, you know, um, stop wondering if you've committed the sin that, that is going to result in your no salvation anymore. You, you, you can't do that. Like, uh, if you've been saved, like, you know, this is the freedom. This is the beauty of the gospel that if you've been saved, you've been justified once for all time. It's for all time. If Christ has offered the once for all sacrifice for you, it's for all, like mm-hmm. it's all, for all time. If, if, uh, uh, if you've repented of sin and you know Jesus, um, and uh, I, I think so oftentimes this happens to people because uh, they get confused about when they're saved. Uh, you know, we, we emphatically believe that we're saved by faith alone in Christ alone. Uh, and it's at the moment we believe, the moment we trust in Jesus, the moment we fall in love with Jesus, as you just said, Josh, that illustration, the moment we love Christ, you know, and, and surrender our life in, to Christ, and, uh, and there's repenting of sin, all these things are present. It's a one-time moment. But uh, the reality is um, most people who, who are doubting their salvation are thinking that they need forgiveness again, like that Christ didn't die for future sin. Uh, that they need to, um, that, that they sinned again after they were saved and sort of like, oh man, I've messed it up. I messed up my salvation. I need to make myself right with God again. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I got to do something else. Yeah. And the point, no, 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 no. Like you've been saved. Like you've been Sorry. saved from every sin, past, present, future sin. Yep. You're saved. Like stop, that's how amazing the blood of Jesus is. Stop worrying about what you've been saved from and start making yourself more concerned with what you've been saved to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And just to offer the alternative perspective of somebody who's doubting, who's genuinely not saved, I think typically where that person's going to be is someone who maybe made a profession or is, you know, considering Christianity for the very first time and maybe thought they were in the church and so that's all they needed to do. But they're recognizing that person who doubts is recognizing that Jesus hasn't had any impact on their life. Mm-hmm. There's no difference. And I think that person can be confident that they need to repent for the first time and trust in Jesus. Absolutely. If there's no change in your life whatsoever, because 
of what we've been talking about. We can know that we can persevere to the end because we're a new creation. We're born again. There is this dramatic transformation in our desires that are no longer for ourselves and for this world, but for Jesus. Mm-hmm. When you have no desire to, for the things of the Lord, when yeah. you view the things of the Lord and you see them as like a chore or a burden, um, that's it. I, I would say and that that there's a danger in someone continually doubting their salvation. There's also a danger in someone who's never doubted their salvation. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that sometimes people can uh, put a lot of faith in an experience. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I would say to that person, you know, and, and I, I remember someone telling me one time, they said, hey, you know, uh, there was a revival preacher. There was, a, there was that moment they offered an invitation. I went forward. Uh, I know I'm saved because I went forward and he said, you know, and I, I started wrestling my salvation a little bit later and this person told me if I, if I, if I, you know, wrote my name down in my Bible uh, and the date I was saved, that I'd be saved. <laughs> it's like, no, there is no magic formula here. Mm-hmm. There's scripture, that's it. And it's have you believed? Have you trusted in Christ? Are, are you, are you, is your life believing into Jesus? I mean, is that, are you seeing that fruit happen? Uh, you know, and uh, if you've never doubted your salvation because of an experience, I would say you're in, in danger. You're in, you're in a dangerous place. Don't put all your stock in, in an evangelist who said to raise your hand during the invitation and you raised your hand so you think you're you're saved even though you've been living a life of ungodliness and lack mm-hmm. of concern for your sin. <laughs> Don't do that. That'll get you in hell, right? I mean, that's, that's you, you need to doubt your salvation. I mean, you should. Work out Don't your work. salvation with fear and trembling. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. And it's a healthy, there's a healthy balance there. And, and I think that to be on one extreme or the other, never having assurance or being so confident that you've never given it a second thought, I think you need to consider mm-hmm. what balance looks like here and that is to to work out your salvation just like you said all right well heavy stuff today but hopefully we were able to help you out maybe answer some questions you might have had uh if you enjoyed it make sure you share the podcast with a friend uh we'd also love for you to subscribe to the podcast um maybe subscribe to our youtube channel too follow us on facebook and just make sure you stay up to date with us also if you'd like to be put on our email list make sure you send one of us an email just go to the website and send us an email from there or you can send us a message on facebook as well Uh, but as always we appreciate you listening we love you and we're praying for you until we meet again